Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I have people who meet me first off and they think I'm a little asshole and then they go, oh, he's not. I mean, he is, but he's funny. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Men call me Absolute Ricky Starks. The ladies call me Stroke Daddy. I eat this business, and I sleep this business. I am too blessed, so that's why I stay dressed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And yeah, Ricky may act a little funny, but at the end of the day, I'm counting your money, all right? I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Ricky Starks, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. You know Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, of course I do. I was just playing it earlier. Where do you stand on scolding the dog? Um, I I've never done that. I've mm. never I've never scolded the dog on there. I've always pet it. See, this is the thing, right? That game, I know people who play it and they are the most vile humans I've ever known, myself <laughs> included. But we could but we could rob virtual banks, we could kill virtual people. You tell us to scold a virtual dog. No, no chance. Monsters. I don't yeah, know anyone that's lose their minds. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. People lose their minds over it. It's not worth it. What else are you playing whilst in lockdown? Well, I've been playing uh, honestly, I've already completed Red Dead, so it's a matter of just just playing that and just uh, riding my horse around different areas. But I've also been replaying uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I've, I feel like I've done most of the side missions already. Uh, I have been dealing with The Sims, so almost every day I'll go on and, and change uh, the decor of my Sims home. Uh, and then I just get off and then... Yeah, it's if you thought if you thought trying to find something on Netflix was terrible, magnified by the fact that we're stuck inside. So now it's even worse. Let's go back to The Sims for a sec. I've got to ask um, when you play The Sims, have you made yourself or have you made a, a fictional family? Oh, I haven't made that. Uh, I didn't make myself. Honestly, when it comes to that part, I just like I get it over with and I just deal with The Sim. Uh, he He's a bachelor right now. He has, uh, you know, he's trying to build up these relationships with people. Um, I've constantly tried to flirt with people. I've been denied. Um, I have a best friend named Doug on there. <laughs> Doug, Doug drops by. Doug sounds great. Every day. He drops by every day unannounced. I'm telling you. And he walks into the house and he goes downstairs and he plays 
I have a virtual game on there. He plays it. It's called like a cube something or, or it starts with a B, but he plays it every day. And th- there's nothing they do together. It's so weird. So I'm trying to get him a, a wife and some kids, but he's in this big mansion by himself, man, with nothing. So nothing Doug, actually, I, I was quick to judge Doug. I thought he sounded like a great bloke, but if he just turns up, just plays your video games and leaves, he sounds like a jerk, mate. I yeah, ditch man. him. He, he enters through the back door and he goes and he plays the, fa- the game or he'll get on the computer and I'm just like, who is in the house? I'm trying to sleep and it's him. Sickening behavior. Yeah. <laughs> being off being off Doug completely. What an ass. <laughs> we are here today, uh, sadly not to talk at length about your Sims, but that might be another podcast for another time. But we're here to talk about uh sending you on a desert island, Ricky Star. Right. And it's yeah, do you know what? I think it's it's weird that when we started this show, the concept felt quite alien, you know, being stranded somewhere with just things to watch. Suddenly it's not so weird. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we're sending you on this desert island. We're going to burn a, a DVD where you can, onto which we'll put three of your favorite wrestling matches to watch over and over and over again while you're there. So what would you like your first wrestling match to be, Ricky Starks? So... Uh, my first match is a, is one of my favorite uh, ten man uh, elimination matches uh, from New Japan back in nineteen eighty six. No, nineteen eighty seven. It's basically uh, Team Inoki uh, versus Team Choshu, um, and this one actually has a, a young Muda on Inoki's team, and uh, in, in Dude, it's so it's so great. It's it's so phenomenal. I anyone who's listening, I'm telling you, go on Daily Motion and look it up. Uh, Senior Lariotto posted it, uh, but the date is like uh, 1987. Yeah, so August 19th, 1987, and uh, it has Anoki in it. It has um, Fujiwara and Muto against Choshu. Um, uh, who has a strong machine? Fujina- uh, Fujinami, stuff like that. Kimura, my uh, Maeda. Yeah, we go. Anoki, Hoshino, Sekiguchi, Fujiwara, Muto versus Choshu, Maeda, strong machine, Kimura, and Fujinami. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, nineteenth uh, of August, nineteen eighty-seven. What? What? I would not have picked you picking that what's made you pick that particular match well you know what's funny i think a lot of people uh, have this that same uh thought process with me too i watch a lot of different wrestling um i i, I watched wrestling from the 1950s all the way up to today this match in particular though is so phenomenal it's so perfect because not only is it an elimination match but each of the guys that get in they all have a story somehow and uh, I'm not going to spoil the end, but the end is some of the best stuff you'll ever see. That crowd is phenomenal. I put that crowd on par with uh, with like the the All Japan crowd from 97, 96, when when Hayabusa was there and, and doing you know uh, tag matches and stuff like that. So uh, also too, what a lot of people don't realize is that. Do you remember the Survivor Series match from 2003? I believe it had Shawn Michaels in it. Uh, was it Team Austin, Team Bischoff? 
Yeah, yeah. So that one had that's the one where Sean is like bleeding really bad, right? Oh yes, and it's just like it's Sean just fighting for his life, and then Batista right. turns up and ruins the day. Yeah, he makes it all the way to the end or something like that, correct? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I remember. So it. I want y'all to watch this match, and then go and watch that match, and that's all I'm gonna say uh, about that. Well, when did you um, when did you discover that match? Dude, I discovered this back in, I want to say 2012, 2011. Because you got to keep in mind, too, around this period, um, Inoki does a lot of these elimination matches. And so there's another one, too, that doesn't have Muda in it. But this one is my favorite just because everything works so well. Such a rich match. How old were you when you discovered it? I was 22. So where would you have been in the wrestling world at this point? I was uh, I was a year in. Yeah, I was a year into wrestling. And so you would have been, you would have spent some time training and you would have presumably by this point at least dabbled in the match for the first time. Was there anything from this match that you, that you took in matches afterwards or something that you still use to this day, something that has inspired something in your repertoire from this particular match of Legends? If anything, it's just strictly emotion. Um, I I am a emotion built wrestler, and I'll tell you that firsthand. I don't have a lot of like sequences that I, you know, tie together for a good two minutes or one minute. I'm all about emotion. So this match is the epitome the epitome of emotion, honestly, because each guy brings a different flair to it, a different intensity to it. You know. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's just a, a good melting pot of everything that's right. If you've got the right intensity and the right energy uh, in a wrestling match, you can you can pretty much bring that to life with anybody that you're in with there, uh, anybody that you're in the ring with, and that can be uh, a, a top quality wrestler like anybody in that match. It can be somebody new at the main event of an NWA pay per view, or it could be a broom, Ricky. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is the main event of the evening. The match the wrestling fans worldwide has been asking for as Broom challenges Ricky Star. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Broom makes sweet, his yeah. entrance coming down the aisle looking confident, looking like he can handle Ricky Stark. Passing by his fans, Broom Fever sweeping this arena here tonight. And now, one of the great in professional wrestling, absolute Ricky Starks. Look at the eyes of Stroke Daddy. Those eyes fixed on his opponent. The determination, the will, the drive to win. Ricky Starks looks like he's ready for business as he climbs into the ring. This is one of the biggest matches of his life. Robbery in the spirit of Flair, Steamboat, Orsina, and Orton. And now we get underway. I've most definitely wrestled a broom. You know, I never thought about that in my career until about a month ago, and it just happened. So here we are. I love the story of you wrestling a broom, but I'd love you to entertain and educate with, with how the grudge match of the century during the during the quarantine era occurred. 
You know, what's funny about that is that I went on Twitter and uh, it, all these shows were being canceled and everyone was stuck inside. And, you know, you see a lot of content nowadays that's either TikTok videos or home workouts or stuff like that or people wrestling uh, in empty arenas. And I made a little smart ass joke about, you know, who would be interested in like, I should just go ahead and wrestle in my living room. Um, I think I said I'd wrestle a broom in my living room. And it got it blew up in popularity so quick that I was like, oh, man, I think I have to pull the trigger on this. So the next day I was bored and I made a, a match graphic between me and this broom just because I, I want to I like doing stuff on Photoshop. But two, I just like I said, I was just bored and I wanted people to see it. And then that blew up and I was like, oh, damn. So I basically booked myself in a corner here and. Uh, from there, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and say that the show's canceled due to what was going on. <laughs> and then the other half of me, the other half of me was like, well, man, that's that's happening for everyone. So why not try to do something fun or um, creative? So then I went to the, the local ring and this is before everything got really locked down. And I had some people film me and I want to say it took me two hours and it was just me going off the cuff with uh, with ideas that I had. And uh, that was my personal broom that I took <laughs> from home, sadly. And it, it was ruined. Oh, David. Well, I, um, you were both ruined at the end of that match. It was quite the, the tour de force, from what well, I understand. But, it, it was, <laughs> uh, that was a very stressful match. I don't know if you can hear it, but there was crowd noise. There's a big <laughs> crowd. <laughs> the broom had a great entrance song that he showed me on uh, YouTube. So sweet. But, sweet. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but it's great that there's people like yourself who are in this too, during this time are still putting out content and still creating sort of wrestling distraction. Um, would you, would you possibly consider doing something like more stuff like that uh, in the event that the wrestling doesn't get quite going just yet? Would you go back to the training school? Would you do more silly stuff like that? You know, if I'm allowed to go, you know, go back to there, I definitely think I would, but here's the issue with me is that um, I, I don't, man, I don't like to force an idea, you know? So if it comes to me, it comes to me, and then I'll act on it. But otherwise, I won't rack my brain on uh, about doing something just because when it comes off, um, it's not very genuine. And nine times out of ten is not funny. So uh, <laughs> if, if something comes up to me and I can think of something else that would be cool to do, then for sure I'm going to go and do that. Your second match for your DVD, sir. So uh, we've had a belt of a star-studded 10-man tag. Uh, uh, how about your second match? What would you like to have? Honestly, I'm going to go, and this was a hard one, but I definitely will say Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, part one. In the beginning, darkness the face of the deep and God said let there be light and there was light and God saw the light and that it was good
Undertaker, I have eternal life. It was you who opened the gates to hell. Shawn Michaels, you will realize that I am the most dangerous entity that has ever stepped foot in this ring. Yet here I stand, unafraid. And you say you're not afraid of me. But for 16 WrestleManias, they have come. And for 16 WrestleManias, they have fallen. Good things must come to an end at WrestleMania 25. Undefeated streak, you will rest in The debut album is always better than the sophomore album, as they say. If you have not seen that match, that match from top to bottom is absolutely incredible. It's an incredible match just from a storytelling aspect. And there's so much going on the line because the, the years previous, it's Taker's career, you know, his streak is on the line for sure. But we're at this point in wrestling, we have. Shawn Michaels, who put his whole career on the line against Taker's streak. So it's very up in the air. I hadn't felt this up in the air about the outcome of a match for Taker at Mania, at least, since um, it, Taker versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania 21. It did. It felt like the uh, the streak was really in jeopardy here. And, and, yes. that, and it's, especially in the last sort of five, ten minutes more than anything else, where it just went into overdrive, it felt like. Yeah, and that's the, the crazy part about it is to be able to do it for so long and then still have that feeling. It, it was a, a feat within itself. Where were you when you watched it? Man, where was I? I want to say uh, that's uh, – what year was that? I want to say I was at home watching this. I don't think this was bef- – this was before the network for sure. I was living in Austin at the time when that happened, and I was watching on my computer from a, a stream. So I was definitely by myself watching that, for sure. Because, it, honestly, when it comes to... Here's the thing about me, man. When I watch wrestling, I don't want to watch with someone who's new to it, because then there's that opens up so many questions, right? Like, imagine going to watch The Avengers and someone who's never seen The Avengers before... Uh, it's like, oh, who's this person? Oh, what does he do? What does this person do? Why does he dress like that? It's like, I'm trying to watch it too. (laughs) We've we've just had the first empty arena WrestleMania. Did you enjoy the Boneyard match, Ricky? I love the Boneyard match. And I love the fire, uh, fire, what is it, Firefly House? It was the Firefly Funhouse match. Firefly. Yeah, I love that. I love both of them. And I think it works because obviously when you watch a a wrestling show with no fans in your brain, that's weird. But when you watch wrestling that takes place in um, another setting, it isn't that weird and it is normal. And it's uh, a memory of something that, you know, is is comfortable with you. So I think that's why it was pretty well received uh, across a lot of people just because it's finally we get some type of normalcy back, you know, uh, and in addition to that, it was awesome to have Taker be in it as well in in his natural setting. How 
I sh- dude, I should have produced that. That was great. That was absolutely amazing. We could have nearly got Undertaker versus a broom. You know what? Honestly, ah! through the broom, I would put myself in there to wrestle to wrestle Undertaker and produce it in a in a boneyard match. Oh hell yeah! But- Honestly, I would have done one part where I would have jumped up on on the tree branch and just swung into the, a drop kick or Hurricane Ron or something. So many ideas. But here's the funny thing, which people might not know. You, when you talk about I'd have got in there with the Undertaker, you you kind of already have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, and that's the cool thing too is is uh, being in the ring with him was because I'm a big fan, man. So imagine you think of who your favorite wrestler of all time is, and imagine just being in the ring with him for uh, like a few days, three three days, whatever. Uh, it's such a so it's still weird to even think about today that that happened. It's absolutely insane. What's the the story there is he came to your um, he came to your was it your training school or your gym? So he was at it. So the quick story is he was at a, uh, the same gym that I was at. And so he was training there, I think, to get ready for his match against Shane at WrestleMania. And so I was going at, at that gym, too, uh, at the same time that he was just because I was working out. And that was the only time I had free time to really get a workout in and so we were friends there or i wouldn't say friends but you know we got friendly with each other and he was filming a documentary uh a personal documentary and so the guy that was filming it knew that i was a big fan and asked me to give some comments and i did and then i want to say a year or two later he remembered that i lived in austin and he was trying to get ready to get ready for his match against cena and asked me and my tag partner solo and we went and just rolled around the ring with him for about three days because he had he had a ring there, and yeah, that was that was really it. Just a just a laid back dude who's full of advice. Thank God. Uh, tell us something that the Undertaker uh, advised you on. Well, just different things about the business, and um, more importantly, it's just about having uh, respect for yourself at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to get through life without having to screw anyone over or um, just being a good human at the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Making sure that your quality of life mentally and physically is as good as you can get it to be. Uh, But just on top of that, just the stories he's also telling too about when he was coming up and things like that were hilarious. And um, am I right in thinking you went for food with him as well? Yeah, we went and ate barbecue with them, and that's and so we did a documentary on on me and me and Solo did a documentary on ourselves about making it in wrestling, and so in that documentary uh, we were filmed at a barbecue spot where we're just sitting down and talking to him and listening to his his life advice and from his perspective on things. Um, and the question that I need to ask is, uh, what did he order from the barbecue place? <laughs> Yo, he actually ordered a full spread. So it was like um, a bit of everything, a bit of brisket, sausage, uh, macaroni. He has his favorites, and I had never been to this barbecue spot. So he was just telling me and, and basically getting me to try uh, certain stuff that was there that was really good. Uh, and, it, man, that barbecue spot is is pretty, pretty dope. Where is it? Talk to, give it a, give it a it, plug. It's... <laughs> It's uh, it's actually in uh, B Caves, which is maybe uh, a few, I want to say like 30 minutes outside of Austin. But the place is called Schmidt's, uh, Schmidt Barbecue. 
in Bee Cave, Texas. It's legit. It's really, really good. Uh, I, I advise anyone who's listening to go there. If you're in Austin, Texas, and you have about 30 to 40 minutes to spare to drive there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What was the moment where you decided, you know what, I don't want to just watch wrestling, I want to be in the wrestling? Oh man, that happened when I was, I want to say, it happened when I was very young, like five, but I, I remember vividly stating it to my mom when I was eight. And so I told her that I was going to be a wrestler and I, I stuck to it and Honestly, wrestling was the only thing that I uh, that I I watched when I was um, you know growing up. So it kind of turned into an obsession from there, and then it, it, I just snowballed. So I, I kept my promise when I got older. Especially the funny thing is, is in 2010 I was looking to join the school here, a school locally, but I didn't have a job. Um, or it wasn't, I have a job. I just didn't have a car to make it to training every day, uh, until I was able to get my car the following year and things just fell into place that way. Fast forward from that, uh, somebody who was, you know, missing a car and not able to get training immediately to, uh, now being able to say that you've been an NWA champion and you work for the National Wrestling Alliance. How did your relationship start with the NWA? It's funny. I made, um, so I made these, these vignettes online, uh, 
because just creatively I wanted to do something. So I, I produced these vignettes in my head, and then I put it to pen to paper, found a video guy here in town, and then we went out and filmed it. And I told him I told him the things that I wanted. I, I wanted certain colors. I wanted it shot this way, this and that. And really, I think it was just a way for me to express um, some type of uh, deeper frustration I had at the time where I was there's nothing was going on for me. But also, too, I just I had these ideas and they're they're so, you know, uh, big and somewhat avant garde that I wanted to just see what it looked like if I tried it. And so I, I did these vignettes. They're still online. And that caught the eye of uh, of Nick Aldis. And Nick Aldis sent that vignette Well, actually seeing a match for me. He sent that to Logano. And so it started from there where Logano messaged me. It was like, hey, you know, you're pretty creative. Would you like to come in for NWA 70? And then I did a show for, at NWA 70 uh, for the, the national title, a tournament style. I cut a promo there. And then I had to imagine that afterwards, it kind of just went from there. I think they were surprised by the fact that I could wrestle and I could, I could talk. And then I had this, this creative mind too. So I think that's how it all started. And that, and that in itself comes back to the, the, the match with the broom. It's that idea of taking that sort of creative energy when it's there and putting something out into the world and, and, right what you got back was something incredible because you've now been a part of NWA since then. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about it. Um, and, and I'll tell you too, each of those videos cost me roughly around like $600 uh, between 500 and $600. And I did four of them. So you can do the math on that. Um, and, and while there is not, that's a, at the time I vividly remember showing some people videos and they go, how much you spend on this? And I tell them, they go, why are you doing that? Why are you spending such, you know, why are you spending that large amount on something that you may not get a return on immediately? To me, it was more about, I have no other, no other option. You know, um, people talk about using social media and the internet and all this other stuff. And they really glamorize that. Um, but that does nothing for someone who doesn't even have an idea to begin with of how to utilize it. Utilizing uh, social media isn't just a matter of just posting every day, you know, and, and talking to people. It's it's more. It's it's it should be. If anything, social media should be a form for people to provide an art, an art that can be in the form of of anything. It's just how how someone else feels after receiving it. That's what real art is. So. To me, I, I just thought, you know, I'm going to do that because it's going to pay off somewhere down the line. I don't know how and I can't predict how, but it will pay off in some way that I can't see right now. And look at us now. Wow, look at us. <laughs> I was about Ooh, to say, <laughs> it's, that, it's that cliff, isn't it? On the, of what looks yeah. like <laughs> Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's the, we're doing a Paul Rudd special, my friend, you and I. Um Describe uh, wrestling uh, at the for NWA Power because that is such a in in comparison to today it is such a unique and wonderful setup. It, it's very intimate. Um, it's something that I mean I've been in intimate environments before where I've had wrestlers literally on the the, the apron surrounded by the the whole ring, uh, but this one's pretty cool because there's a a, a weird energy that the fans give off. And I think 
I think it works just because they one they want to see good wrestling, but two I think I think people just like being a part of something from the ground floor and seeing that blossom. And so I think that that is a good relationship to have, especially with with the fans there, because you know you don't really get people who are are gonna just sit on their hands while they watch. They, they pay their money. They want to feel something. They want to be emotionally charged. Uh, and so I think that's that it helps. I'll tell you what, though. The first day that I went there and I walked out, it was weird as hell to me. Uh, there's no theme song. And, and theme, that's my whole thing. My whole thing is my theme song. And uh, there was no reaction to me. And it, was, uh, it wasn't only until after the fact uh, that people were like, oh, okay, because... Um, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, a, I don't know, polarizing person because you you don't know what to expect or you look at me and you just make an assumption off the bat and that kind of kind of clouds people's judgment a bit. But it's but it's quite unique in a way. It's unique to have someone like yourself on the roster who is so good at what they do, but also has those shades of grey in there. Where like you're you're not yeah. like a, a clean cut baby face. You're not a sort of a, a cool cocky bad heel. You you kind of float between the two, and it works wonderfully. You know, I never thought about that, um, and I think that's been such a struggle sometimes, especially because people think this is a character, and it isn't a character. Um, nothing I do is in character. It's just that's just me, and that's just me who it's basically what I want to to show people. So. It's always been an issue with that, and I, I, I like the way that you put that because uh, there's been times where I struggle with that, where people I want people to know that I'm not this this uh, type of person, and I'm talking outside of wrestling here, but uh, I have people who meet me first off, and they think I'm a little asshole, and then they go, "Oh, he's not." I mean, he is, but he's funny, uh, and there's there's other elements to him that make him very endearing. So you know, stuff like that. Why do you think people think that you're an asshole when they meet you? Well, I one think it's the it's the whole it's the whole get up. It's the whole get up. It's the whole like who wears who wears a shirt a leopard shirt with their their chest showing. The the smirk I do is so weird. I'm I'm very they say sassy in my delivery and bit uh, feminine in, in certain things. So I think when people see that they in their head for some reason it just goes oh he's he's a little full of himself or he's a little cocky dude I'm very sarcastic I have a very dry sense of humor and uh, I can play a good poker face when I want to so I think with all that people just go oh here's the thing if you if you look at someone and you can't read someone and you can't figure them out immediately the thing that's going to pop into your head is a negative thought. Your mind wants you to give somebody some type of label that you just see off the cuff because you can't figure it out uh, from just viewing them. So I think that's what it is. People people want to put other people that they see on TV into some type of category so it's easier for them to digest and, and understand. Uh, and so if that's the case of with me where they go, uh Here's here's one thing. Here's the thing I hear a lot. I just don't get them. I just don't get it. Well, of course not. Of course you don't get me. You haven't spoken to me. You haven't seen me. You haven't you haven't took the time to watch promos from me or see how I act when I'm home. So of course you won't get it. Is there anybody in your life right now that when 
you met for the first time they had a negative opinion on you but now like you couldn't imagine not seeing them damn you know what i feel like there is but i can't think of 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 who that could be there's people that i've met that have told me that they thought i was one way and then and found out i was extremely goofy um but i can't remember off the top of my head uh if anything the only person i could probably say was alley cat alley cat thought i was very very mean uh when she first met me because i went to the school that she was at and i think she did like a, a quarter roll and i blatantly told her uh i said you know those quarter rolls suck you need to you need to get better at them and i showed her how to do it but that would be the one person off the top of my head who definitely was like i thought you were like kind of mean at first and then I realized that's just how you are. That's a great feeling, though, when you when you kind of get to know somebody and they come round on you like that. And and I take it you and Ali Cat are now your friends now. Oh, we're good friends. Yeah, we're we're really really good friends. And I think it's a matter of that's all it takes, man. It just takes a matter of, of understanding. I've let me tell you what I've met some people that I've initially thought, wow, this person is such such a b word, but. After getting to know, I go, wow, I'm wrong. I get it now. I totally get it. And that feeling in itself is pretty cool as well. Uh, you're good friends with Eddie Kingston, who I know uh, is part of NWA as well. Uh, how, did, how did you guys meet? I'm really good friends with uh, ACH Albert. And ACH would tell me all about Eddie, like, because they hung out a lot. And so I remember meeting Eddie at maybe an Inspire or actually it may have been before that i think it was at like st louis anarchy and i remember meeting him and we just started because we heard of each other so much through ach that it didn't felt like it was a first time meeting it felt like we we had knew each other for a bit so um yeah just hitting it off with eddie eddie's cool as hell if anything eddie is the guy and here's here's the funny thing two polar opposites eddie is the guy who actually gets me he understands me Without even without even me having explained anything to him, uh, and I think that's really cool to have, especially from someone like Eddie Kingston, who one doesn't take any shit and is as genuine as you can get when it comes to a, a you know, someone in in the wrestling business or in life. The video I cut after I win the TV title, um, my eyes keep diverting off the screen like a lot to the point that's very distracting history has been made the build-ups been for weeks now even months ricky stark standing next to me you've said it from the moment you stepped foot in the nwa you needed gold on that shoulder and tonight hard times the first ever of this generation television champion <laughs> Man, let me tell you something about Hard Times. Hard Times is doing three matches in a night. Hard Times is going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trevor Murdoch. Hard Times is standing right here before you. It's Hard Times for everybody now that Ricky Starks is the new TV champion. You understand what I'm saying? That's what Hard Times is. We in a new era right now. I'm the bridge. You know what I'm saying? I'm the bridge from the old to the new. If you got doubts about me, you better check yourself. If you asking about me, you better ask yourself. All right? That's the thing. Nobody gonna stop this. It's been nine years in the making. Nine long damn years in the making, all right? You might as well call me a, a Tempur-Pedic how much all these people done slept on me, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about this. We're talking about crowning a new champion. We're talking about setting a new lineage and a new era. Everything in the past, hey, I salute you, but guess what? It starts with me 
and it starts right now. And there ain't nobody that can tell me different. You know why? Because I'm absolute Ricky Starks. I'm stroke daddy, Ricky Starks. Put a quarter in your ass because everybody who doubted me, you played yourself. I had my match, and I keep in mind I had three matches that night. Had my match, came to the back. They wanted to talk to me. And so I cut this promo, and I remember Eddie walked up, and uh, he I could see, and I can't see far, mind you. So Eddie is, is pretty off in the distance. But I remember he came up, and I could tell that he, like, stood there and folded his arms. And as I'm talking, his head nod. He was nodding his head that got heavier and the smile on his face got bigger. And so you can see me look at him and I just get that energy that the transfer of energy right there happened. And you can see me get even more fired up. So um, he's always been a, a dude to that talks to me and gives me advice on how to cut promos. And of course, I'm going to listen. But it's because he gets it from more of a personal standpoint of, of who I am and, and where I'm coming from, whereas some people just don't, you know, some people in, in uh, higher positions, I would assume would be like, ah, I don't I don't necessarily get that. And it's just because they don't have that type of life or, you know, life experience, home life experience that me and Eddie share in a sense. But to have somebody like Eddie uh, in your corner NWA must be amazing. It is. It's 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 a fantastic feeling because I know if I if I stink up the joint, I can go to the back and he'll tell me that I did, but he'll also tell me why. And I think that's pretty lost on some people. Some people just constantly. I don't want to hear that I had a great match. I don't want to hear that constantly from my my peers. I know that there's something that was a bit amiss because everyone has a different perspective on things so uh, him and homicide have been great when it comes to helping me out with stuff like that as well as taking three wrestling matches onto this island i like to spring this on people uh you can also take with you a movie an album and a luxury item so off the top of your head ricky uh if you're going to take a movie with you what movie would you take i'm gonna take akira nice nice one the 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 not the american version obviously the the original version yeah come on i got that on (laughs) blu-ray finally but you know honestly i was gonna i'm i said i say that but what i would do is i would sneak uh a kill bill disc and you know you can have two discs in one of those those little packages oh you're bending the rules here ricky well yeah but that that's not confiscated if we find it we'll confiscate <laughs> That's a technicality. <laughs> Which kill bill would you sneak in if you go sneak in one? The first or the second? The definitely the first one. I, I really like the second one, but it, this the second one isn't anything without the first one, obviously. Um, though the the second one has damn, the second one is so good when it comes to the fight scenes and how everything is set up. Ugh, that's a hard one. Yeah, I still would do the first one. I mean, it's getting confiscated anyway, so it's, it's, up, <laughs> it's up to you. You can argue about it or you like. Uh, what about an album? <laughs> an album I would do... Um, I would probably do uh, The Love Below, Speaker Box, The Outcast, double, the double album, double disc album. Why that one? Well, I don't really care for big boys. I don't care for Speaker Box on there, you know, with the exception of a few songs, but Andre 3000, the love below 
is so good. It, it from top to bottom, it's so freaking good, man. Andre is one of my favorite rappers, next to Kanye. And uh, I remember listening to that Love Below album and wearing it out, like wearing it out. I even did a cover song to um, Roses because I used to be on this uh, this this form back in the day, and I did this disc song about someone on that form to the instrumental to Roses. So it has a very special place in my heart. So you still dabble in disc tracks? No, not anymore. Uh, if anything, if anything, if you catch me, you know, loaded off of a good uh, alcoholic beverage, you probably hear me rap, but it, that's probably it. Okay, well, if you happen to see Ricky at a show, buy him alcohol and <laughs> record on your iPhone. That'd be great. Uh, and, a, and a luxury item, sir. What what would you like to take with you? That's that's not really an album or a movie or a wrestling match, but something that would a creature comfort, if you will, whilst on the island. Like strongbow? I don't know. Strongbow? No. Can I do that? Can I? Can I bring that? Yeah. Why not? What do you mean the drink? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I thought I'd double check. I, I thought it might have wanted, you might want to take a bow for for hunting or something on the island. I don't know. So I thought I'd double check. You're a strong bow fan. Yeah, actually, when I went over there, Session Moth showed me this drink where she she mixed a strong bow and another drink together. I can't remember what it was, uh, and I was like, "That's fucking terrible! Don't do that." And it was so good, like so good. So uh, I'm, I'm a big strong bow fan. Um. But, you know, I feel like that's not practical, you know? I don't feel like I'm going to just be dehydrated on an island, and then what? I need water, and I can't drink salt water. Um, let me change it. I'm going to change that. Let me change that. Okay. I'm going, I'm going to I'm going to say, because I really like, um, oh, this is so difficult. Can I bring a tablet? Can I bring an iPad? You, you can, but you won't be able to use the internet on it. Yeah, well, it don't matter because I saved a bunch of wrestling. I ripped a bunch of wrestling matches from the internet. <laughs> no, you've broken the Desert Island crap system. You've taken 400 other matches with you. <laughs> you've Come cracked on. it. That's I, it. I, End I, of series so now. This is the last episode in the Desert Island crap series. Thanks for listening. <laughs> a good 31-week week run. Um, you want to take a tablet, though? Do you play games on the tablet? No, I don't. Um, I actually... Really, I only use the tablet for like a, a movie viewing and things like that. Uh, if anything, I would probably load up the tablet with some books, uh, some some you know digital books. Uh, I really am big into autobiographies, of course. And then I'm reading this current book called Lynchpin by Seth Godin. It's really really good. What what is, what brought you to that book to Lynchpin? You know what I'm I I'm trying to remember. I think I saw. On Instagram one time, someone took a picture of, of one of the uh, pages, right? Because they were they were thought one of the, the words were very meaningful. And so I went and looked up this book, and I found it, actually, uh, in Barnes & Noble. And basically, this book is about changing your whole mindset about... You know how people just go to work and they clock in, clock out, and they don't really do anything meaningful to themselves that in turn would be meaningful to the world? Well, this is a way to like get out of that, get out of that rut to, to show you um, different things as far as, hey, you are 
very powerful as far as your mind goes. And, and you definitely are creative. It's just a matter of finding those opportunities and seeing those opportunities and, and acting on them. That sounds like a great book. It's something it is. I think we could all probably do with. If, if anything, it may be free online. I don't know. This was 16 bucks when I paid for it. But I, I would tell anyone to at least give it a shot and read about it. Have you been at a wrestling show and a bit of this book has come back to you and you've implemented it? Oh, absolutely. Especially in wrestling. Because uh, this book is about being, it's trying to train, uh, train your mind to become uh, linchpins, to, to become artists, to do the emotional work, as he says. And that's a matter of just doing shit in life that you really want to do and, and not have to follow some, like, you know, guideline or, or uh, society standard type stuff. Finally, before we let you go, we need one more match. <laughs> we need one more match, sir, for your for your Desert Island disc. Uh, we've had uh, an Undertaker and Shawn Michaels classic. We've had a 10-man tag full of legends. What's your last one, sir? So this was a, a very difficult one. And I'll, I'll tell you my the one I was going to choose before this one. But um, So my match that I would definitely have to have would be uh, Masawa and Akiyama versus um jensei and hayabusa and that's from 97 This match is insane. This is one of the, the like, first off, we have great, we have legends in the ring. But the crowd also goes crazy. And I know people have this like a uh, preconceived idea about Hayabusa. If you never watched Hayabusa, he wasn't just, you know, just doing dumb shit. This dude was insane as far as the stuff that he was able to pull off so quickly without without hesitation. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite matches to watch. I'll go back and watch it. I watched it recently. Uh, in my house, and I was getting so fired up uh, watching it. I love, love, love this match. Uh, how did you discover it? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember. So I, I knew that the Golden Age for uh, All Japan Pro had was was you know tag team focused too. Besides the single stuff, so I, I think I probably just went on and found this and just typed in tag matches from uh, from all japan but uh, yeah it's been a while there's a bunch of stuff that i found that i just can't remember some stuff with like a super delphin on here that i have i think that's all i think that's how it started from super delphin and i just went down a rabbit hole uh two of your matches have been uh from japan so there's obviously a big love for japan there you went to ddt as a as a, as a gaijin last year uh oh, how amazing is that as an experience man i can't <laughs> i can't put that into words how 
surreal that was. Um, that that just blew my mind. And you know what's the crazy part about it? I went on Twitter in the, January because I went April. I went on Twitter in January and I said, this year I'm going to go to Japan. But I didn't know how at the time. I was just stating something, you know. You know, you just go on Twitter and you just type in something that's on your mind and you may delete it a few days later or whatnot. Well, I went on there, posted that, and then I had this this show uh, for Macaloon Productions during the, the Super Bowl weekend or whatever. I went there. I was at the show. Um, Kikutaru was there. And he came up to me. He was like, oh, you, you, do you want to, you know, are you interested in going to DDT, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he says, are, do these dates work for you? Would you be able to do these dates? I said, yeah, of course, for sure. What? Next thing I know, I'm going to the uh, embassy, the Japanese embassy, to get my, my passport and this and that. Then I'm on like a, what, 10-hour, 11-hour flight to Japan. Then I'm getting off of the the flight to Japan and I'm in a van driving to where I'm going to stay. And I had, I remember I went to the Seven Eleven there or the Lawson, excuse me. And I had, uh, yakisoba noodles with a chicken breast. That was my very first meal I had in Japan. And I slept on the floor, uh, with the small heater next to me and woke up so happy. Such a great place to live. Those, those people are great. The wrestling is phenomenal. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of stuff there. What I love is when you talk about it, you light up. Because <laughs> that's genuine, you know. That's a that that is such a. I just I just remember like thinking about um, trying to take in the moment, and and there were some times where it was tough just because of of like a, a small culture shock. You know what I'm saying? Um, but once I got over that, I was like this this culture, this place is beautiful this is like another planet uh their plans obviously this year is uh it's a strange one so obviously yeah. no plans immediately but are there plans to go back uh, as of right now no there isn't but i would definitely love to i have a good friend over there he's staying at chris brooks and i would love to to it's always good when you know people in another country right so I think that would be great to just uh, see Chris again and also go back and wrestle. But as of right now, there isn't any plans. But one thing I've learned, things change so quickly that I could be on a plane in, in four months. Who knows? Exactly. And also, when you go over there, there is the there's the small matter of getting yourself uh, on the on the champions board for the Ironman Heavy Metalweight Championship. Oh, I missed out on it. But oh. you know what? That's okay because I got to wrestle in uh, Corkin. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think given the two, Corkin Hall is certainly <laughs> one of them. But I'm just thinking. Sure. I'm thinking outside the box. The the broom. Um, now <gasps> we've had. <sighs> you're there already. You're there already because yeah. a ladder and at least one chair and uh, Jack in our office have won the Ironman Heavy Metalweight Championship. Dude. Uh, uh, so which is which is something he never shuts up about. Uh, and so my thinking is, my thinking is, the broom and you for the Ironman Metal Heavyweight Championship should happen in 2021. I love that idea. And you know what? I'm actually going to uh, pitch that to, to Kage-san and see if he's down for it. 
Please do. <laughs> please do. If if only if, if for any reason, if for only for my own amusement, please do. <laughs> right. I'm I'm down for that. Oh, Ricky, this has been fabulous to chat to you today. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed our time. I want to give you the floor now uh, to tell everybody uh, where they can find you online, uh, anything that you've got that you want to shout about. This is your time to do so, sir. For sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Starkman Jones, uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Starky Baby. Um, those are the main two places. I do have a big cartel website, uh, Ricky Starks dot bigcartel.com and those are the main ones for me i did mention earlier that i had an honorable mention match i know that's not against the uh, that's against the rules uh but i just wanted to give you you viewer the listener excuse me a um idea of my two choices that i had for that match if it wasn't going to be the hayabusa match i was actually going to choose i don't know if you ever seen in your house uh canadian stampede ah yeah but there's the the Hart Foundation versus Team Austin is the main event that one and that is just kiss superb. That is a good alternate. That is a strong alternate. Yeah. But you can't that have alternate so no. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 